Welcome to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Devotions designed to inspire you on your daily walk with God. Here's your host, Ken Gurley. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the last day of November. The last day. November. November 30, this Monday morning. Thank you for being with us. We're going to talk about when storm clouds gather. They are gathering. And what should we make of this present time? So thank you for being with us and thank you for making this a special time. Each and every morning, weekday morning, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. in our time zone. And many of you watching all around the world, all around this nation, different times, we do welcome you here today. And each and every one of you that I see your names flying by right now, Rose and Mary and Hope and Sarah and Morris and Dave, thank you. Thank you for making this special. The storm tap, the storm clouds gather. What should we make of this present time? We're going to begin a week of morning devotion here at an unsettling season. This is a group of people who began meeting in August of last year, never realizing that this would just carry on. But we know it's the will of God. His hand is upon us. And you're showing up, you're sharing of your heart, your lives, your comments, your prayers are strengthening people, believers, apostolics all around the world. And most of all, God shows up with us, a special people for a special time. So Kimberly, Georgia, Janet, Jan, Karen, thank you. Thank you for sharing in this and just binding together with one another. We're going to get through this year. We're going to get through this season. God is with us. You know the drill, like the page, share the page, follow the page, loop as many as many believers as we can in this thing. We're praying together for a great awakening. Today, officially, we are told storm season is over, November 30. That's when storms are officially put to bed. Did you know that? Yes. And thank God we we've had many storms and may all the storms be put to sleep. What a what a season it has been for the Atlantic, a record nine named storms from May to July. Then the season exhausted the 21 name Atlantic list when Wilfred formed on September 18. And for all this second time in history, the Greek alphabet was used for the remainder of season. Now, this year, we are at 30 named storms. That is an all-time record. Today marks the end of hurricane season for Atlantic, yet there are still two disturbances out there being watched because this is no ordinary season. It just seems to be a season for storms, both in the natural and in the spiritual. Today, I want to speak to you about that subject, this natural and its relationship and reciprocity to the spiritual. We're not in ordinary times. This is not a chronos moment. This is not an ordinary sequential chronological time. We are in a kairos moment, a season of change, a season of tremendous spiritual upheavals. And we must be like Issachar to effectively discern the times in which we live. Together, we as watchmen of old, 
We are looking out over the landscape. We are looking through a glass darkly, trying to make sense of the times that we're in. And together, with God's guidance, we're going to get through this. Can I get a witness to that? Amen. For even as we declare storm season is over, at least in the Atlantic, we sense that storms continue and that more storm clouds gather. And we must make sense of the time in which we are living. Could you just open your heart to what the Spirit would speak to us? And may he keep us bound together in love during this time. Because David and Trisha and Winnie and Estella and Linda and Barbara, we got to stay together. We've got to hold on to one another in this time. A humorous story, true though. I read of a Swedish couple who was on their honeymoon a few years back. They had the unusual fortune to have an extended honeymoon, traveled some distances. Immediately following their wedding in Sweden, they went to Munich, Germany to enjoy the snow. They were amidst one of the worst snowstorms in history in that area. They dug themselves out of the snow. Then they went to Cairns, Australia. And there they experienced one of the fiercest cyclones in Australia's history, from a blizzard to a cyclone. From there, they journeyed to Brisbane, only to experience extensive flooding. And then they went on to Perth, where they narrowly escaped raging brush fires into Christchurch, New Zealand. And there they went through a massive earthquake. They flew from there to Tokyo to experience the largest earthquake on record. And finally, they made it home. Now, they laugh about it years later. They, they laugh about it now that those were not some very, very good omens for their marriage. But they say their marriage is strong, but they went through their fair share of catastrophes on their honeymoon. Well, any honeymoon you and I had with 2020, it's over. In fact, the entire 21st century has been a struggle. One disaster after another, one premonition after another, and the future continues to grow darker and cloudier. Let's talk about it. The storm clouds are gathering. Regardless of the official storm season being passed, there are still storms out there in the Atlantic. There are still storms wreaking havoc in our world as well. And someone should give voice to what we're sensing and what we're feeling. And what we're sensing in the realm of the spirit, if God will help me, I just want to do that now. Because in this season of tremendous uh, upheavals, going back and forth, the vicissitudes of 2020, I see storm clouds gathering, uh, storms that have been years, decades, centuries in the making. We have fatherless children who have now unleashed their fury, and we witness the anger of people who are without earthly fathers and without the heavenly father. With conscienceless leaders exercising payback, we witness the repeated assertions that those who oppose godless policies, that we should be canceled, shunned, And of late, they're saying we should even be imprisoned if we don't agree with them. Godless people worship at their altars of science, and faith in God takes a backseat. I I don't know if it's in the backseat or it's in the trunk. To those secularists who wants God out of the marketplace, out of morality, out of justice, out of freedom of speech and worship. These are fearless men and women who have risen up. These are the people who take the lives of the unborn and then sell the body parts 
sell the remains. These are fearless, fierce people who violate the laws of God that made us, the, the one who made us male and female. They mock marriage between a man and woman. They approve of drug legalization while trying to outlaw worship. They have risen up against the institutions of family and worship and government whose fraud knows no boundaries, whose vengeance will not be satisfied. And then always a problem, always a problem. So many spineless believers who want nothing more than peace in our times, who will go along to get along, who refuse to stand up and speak out, who have simply no spine, no backbone. They've been so muzzled by intimidation, they only want things to go back to normal. I know this is heavy Monday morning stuff, folks, but can I just tell the church, we're not going back to normal. We are up against the fight of our lives and the fight for our future. Tolstoy wrote War and Peace, and the title is based on Solomon's admonition, time for war, time for peace. Today is not a time for a godless supposed peace. Now is the time for godly to arise to battle. No, 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 not with bombs and guns, but with prayer, praise, lifting our voice in the public arena. Let our light shine onward, Christian Show soldiers, let truth begin to arise. Where are the people who will say, not now, not here, not my, not with my children, my grandchildren will be able to worship freely. We're, we will not see our lives upended. We will rise victorious. Can I get a witness to that? We are looking at a day. We are looking at a day, and Sarah and Brenda and Karen, we're looking at a day that the storm clouds are gathering, and it simply will not pass when we want it to. They linger. We are in the last of the last days and the storms are rising and the storms are coming. And those of you who have heard me any length of time, you know that I acknowledge freely that much of our lives here along the Gulf Coast, it's, it's really defined by storms. But there are some spiritual parallels that I want to draw out today. Some people remember the years, but if you live down here, you remember storms. We live along Galveston Bay. The entire history of this Houston-Galveston area was defined by a storm in 1900. To this day, it still defines this area. Still the greatest natural disaster that hit the United States, the worst storm in terms of loss of life, death toll 6 to 12,000 lives, 6,000 to 12,000 lives. That disaster and other factors shifted things from Galveston to Houston direction that would become the fourth largest city. What's largely forgotten about that storm, I tried to tell the story in Healed in Houston, a drama we did at Toyota Center. The devastation caused by that storm caused a family west of our town called Orchard. Um, it caused them extreme emotional clap. Their orchards were destroyed. and from they, they grew depressed. Mary Hart does good like a medicine. Broken spirit dries the bones. And the oiler and the ailer for a family grew very, very depressed. But from that sickness came a healing and came a revival to Houston in the form of Charles Parham, Lucy Farrow, William Seymour, Howard Goss, D.C.O. Opperman, Harvey Shear, so many other names. There were giants in this area in those days. And we've seen this again and again, that in the midst of natural upheaval, it's a dim 
replica of a spiritual upheaval, that on the heels of natural disaster, there races a spiritual healing. If you read the book on prayer, you may recall that I showed that before great and immense economic and national upheavals, that God moves with a wave of grace across the nation. We call those awakenings. I can also say that we've seen this time and again, that when there is a natural disaster, storms, fires, earthquake, floods, tornadoes, so forth, there soon follows a spiritual movement. Isaiah said it like this, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against it. But now by saying that, I'm admitting something. I'm telling you that God is not in the flood. God is not the cause of the hurricane. God's not the cause of the fire. God's not the cause of the earthquake. God is not the cause of the calamity that you're facing. God is not the hurt and the heartache. He's not the pain in the midst of the sickness. Uh, God did not bring the death, the dying, and the crying, the hurt, and the pain, and the agony of natural disasters when the enemy comes in like a flood. There was a poll in the USA Today a while back asking Americans, do you believe God is involved in natural disasters? 56% of Americans survey believe God's in control of the earth. Now that's, that's in line, that's in that line of thought that they would say, yes, he is behind the disasters. 38% of Americans believe that God employs events in nature's to dispense judgment. So they say he's behind it all when he is trying to judge someone. 29% believe that God punishes entire nations for the sins of the few. Nearly 60% of evangelical Christians agree that God can use natural disasters to send messages. You know, and and by the way, 44% of Americans say, what we're seeing right now is evidence we're in the end times. Oh my, this is sobering, I know. This is but but this is, to me, revelatory. I, I guess I'm in agreement with a lot of what Americans are saying here. I believe God can use the natural disasters to send messages, but I don't believe God causes these natural disasters. They are the result of sin entering into the world in Eden. These are not the will of God. They are not of his crafting and making, even though insurance agents will call them acts of God. They are the result of our arch enemy. They are prompted by our adversary, the one who wants to steal, kill, and destroy, the one who would maim and wound and injure you. These do not come from the loving hand of a God. No, a pandemic does not come from the loving hand of God. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the flood is the work of the enemy. God only sent one flood, the great flood, and he said, I will never do that again. So long as we live on this earth, he promised seasons of planting and reaping and the laws of the harvest. The storm is the result of an upended world, a world God did not design, a world marred by the enemy of our souls. But when the enemy moves to hurt, God moves to heal. When the enemy comes in like a flood, God is lifting up. God is raising. God is elevating. So these natural disasters are not of his making, but they are of his using. He can work his will in the midst of them. It was a few years later in 1906, another natural disaster hit America. It was an earthquake that shook San Francisco. 
the great San Franciscan earthquake of 1906. Over 3,000 perished in that earthquake and the fires that would soon follow. And there, there are southward in Los Angeles, a man named Frank Bartleman observed something. He noted that God does not bring earthquakes. He does not cause earthquakes, but God would use the earthquake. Bartleman, as I said, was in Los Angeles. The earthquake hit San Francisco and a fear, a wave of fear hit uh, the people in Los Angeles. Uh, And Bartleman and many others were moved to intercessory prayer and travail and they saw something. They They saw that the spirit of the Lord was striving with man that the Lord was knocking on the heart's door of Californians. He was reaching to them with conviction to avoid a greater judgment. He was using this earthquake to save people from a far worse future. Bartleman was moved. He printed 10,000 tracts. He raced through Los Angeles, scattering these tracts about the earthquake and that God was going to use the earthquake to bring people to repentance and bring them back to him, that it was an unusual time, that unusual events in the natural realm indicate ensuing unusual events in the spirit realm. The Azusa Street Revival was born in the aftermath of the great earthquake. It would go on for a thousand days. People would come to that barn of a building from around the globe. There they would experience the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And with that fire in their souls, they went around the world spreading this message. God created, folks, a perfect world. Man's sin marred that world. All of the thorns and the thistles and the bacteria and the viruses and the harmful things that are happening right now, all of the anger, the violence, the bloodshed, the sickness, the disease, it did not come from the hand of God, but from man's fall in the garden and from the, the tempter who caused man to fall. God can and God will ride on the wings of the wind. He is the angel in the whirlwind. Every storm must fulfill his word. God did not create this pandemic. He did not create this crazy year of 2020, but he's going to use it to accomplish his will. It should soften hearts, not harden hearts. It could cause people to turn their eyes to him, not away from him. It should clarify the distinction between the church and the world. It is for calling God's people beneath his wings. When I see the storms around us right now, the economic storms, the pandemic that rages on, the political divisions in our world, it reminds me of a study done by National Geographic about the end of the world. And they noted that natural disasters and economic misfortunes dominated the headlines. They asked Americans, what do you think about the future? More than 62% of Americans believe the world will experience a major catastrophe soon. The four most likely disaster scenarios in order, an earthquake, hurricane, terrorist attack, financial collapse. They didn't see what was coming. 85% said they are not ready for a devastating event. Only 25% claim they've done absolutely nothing to prepare. We hold up our shields of faith like umbrellas against the stormy skies, and we wonder what's going to happen. What is going to happen? Folks, the enemies come in like a flood, and God 
is riding on the storm and he's lifting things up. He's capable of taking these difficulties and transform them into testimonies. And as the storm clouds gather in a season that just will not go away, you got to know that God is in the midst of it. And if he could speak if he could speak light into the darkness and chaos and create a perfect world from nothing, then God can speak into this last few days of 2020 and say, I'm going to do something majestic and meaningful in everyone's lives. When the storm clouds gather, as they are gathering, what should we make of this present time? Make this, that when you see in the natural realm great upheavals, then understand that there is a spiritual upheaval that is coming as well. Because what the enemy means for harm, God's going to take it and transform it to good. So no matter how bleak it may look, no matter how dark the night sky, no matter how heavy the storm clouds gather, no matter how many lightning bolts are drilling down around you, no matter how much your heart quakes in fear and concern, and you get frustrated wondering what will tomorrow hold. You know this, as immense the misfortune that we've seen in the 11 months of this year, there is a coming power of God. And that's why we're gathering. We are gathering to see the first glimmers of a brand new day. We're gathering here in the morning hours, binding together in prayer, saying, God, You're not only going to make sense out of all of this, you're going to put this underneath your foot and you're going to get it underneath our feet and we're going to triumph over this and we shall be victorious. What should we make of this present time? I am asking every faithful believer out there right now, would you lift up your face, lift up your voice? Because as dark as the night gets and the storm comes in, know this, I hear the footbeats, the footfalls. I hear, I hear, I hear the sound of marching in the heavenly realm. God is on the move and he will do and work his glory in this day and in this age. Thank you for being a part of this today. Would you share this with others? Leave your prayer request out the side. Take a moment and share your joy and share your prayer and share your concern with each other. And may the God may God be with you. And I look forward to seeing you again tomorrow. Jesus. Thank you for listening to Morning Devotion with Ken Gurley. Join us next time for another inspiring devotion. To support this ministry, please visit firstchurch.com forward slash give.